Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey guys, welcome back to We Met at Acme. I cannot believe our show is tomorrow. If you haven't already gotten your ticket, go to wemetatacme.com slash tour. Hurry, 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 because I'm sure it's going to be sold out in the next few minutes. And I really want to see you there. I love you guys. And I love putting a face to a name. So get your ticket. So we're going to start this off with a little solo as usual. Someone wanted me to talk about, I don't really even understand what this means, but they said, can you talk about why a previous relationship with someone you're dating ended and to what extent? Oh, I think they're asking if you should talk about why something ended when you're on a new date or seeing someone new, which makes a lot of sense. And I would say, um, I think you should only divulge what you want to divulge. I think that, you know, it's a very intimate topic and you shouldn't say anything more than you feel is like that you feel comfortable with. Like, I mean, if you were in an abusive relationship or, you know, a toxic situation and you really don't want to talk about it, that's totally fine. Like that's your prerogative. Um, if it makes you feel better to talk about that, then that's something that you should talk about. And I think that you should do it again when you're comfortable. I was dating someone for, I'd say three or four dates and they were previously in like a six year relationship. So I really wanted to know. I was really curious. So I asked them. Um, And they weren't super curious about my, like my past relationships. You know, I really actually, now that I think about it, I think that women are just more curious about your exes than men are. Like, I don't think my current partner of almost two years has ever been like, tell me about your ex, by the way. I really want to know about all your exes. There's so much that they don't know. Um... And I just don't think he cares. Like, I I mean, maybe he does and, and he cares so much that he doesn't want to know and doesn't want to kind of imagine that I was with someone else. But I think maybe it's just a curiosity thing. But I'm so curious about that stuff all the time. I feel like I want to know everything about his ex and why they broke up, what she was like, what she looks like. I want to see her Instagram. Maybe that's just a guy versus girl thing. We're going to have to do a poll question about that. I'm going to do it right now. And then you guys wanted me to talk about the slow fade versus ghosting. 
we did a poll and I said, what would you rather, you know, someone doesn't want to be forthright about their feelings. They don't want to say straight up, I'm not interested in you. Would you rather them slow fade you out or ghost you? And slow fading is when you just kind of say less and less as time goes on and the person's not reaching out as much. They're responding, but they're not initiating. And even if they are initiating, it kind of feels like a maintenance text. And then ghosting is obviously when you just go completely, you know, MIA and don't speak to that person ever again. I personally was a slow fader. If I, if I wasn't able to be upfront with them, I was a slow fader. And it was like 56% of you preferred slow fading. I think that's just because both are heinous, but slow fading is at least speaking and at least being like, I'm clearly fading you out. Whereas ghosting is just like, there's more unanswered questions. Where the fuck did you go? Did you get back together with your ex? Did you get hit by a car? I'll never know the truth. And I think that's why slow fading is at least a little bit more comforting, which is really nice. And someone suggested that I do an episode analyzing guys from every sign. Well, I don't want to take up a whole episode doing that because we have so many amazing people and guests that I want you to get to know, especially today's. But I will do a little like five second for each each sign. So we'll pull up all the zodiac signs. And I guess we'll start with Aries since it's technically the first sign of the Zodiac. Aries guys, I've dated a few of them. They are either really smart or really dumb. Is that fucked up to say? Probably. But that's my take. And I think Aries guys love a challenge. It's probably the same as Aries women. They love a person with a positive energy and a positive attitude who doesn't go too deep and, you know, stimulates them and is fun. And like Aries, Aries men tend to be attracted to Leos and other Aries women and, you know, other fire signs. And sometimes they're opposite, which is Libra. I think they have a very high sex drive. They really like to have sex. They really like to be adventurous and and do fun things. Um, But I don't think that they would be interested in someone who was just like easy. Maybe that's all signs. This is hard because a lot of it has to do with the rest of your chart. So I'm just pretty much saying my experience with these signs. And I think Aries men also, it takes them, a, they're very picky. So they're not going to settle down with just anyone. I think a lot of the time they rush into things and push for things to go really fast. And then all of a sudden they're like, oh, wait, I'm not interested in you, but I already asked you to be my girlfriend and proposed to you and told you I loved you. And another thing I've noticed about Aries men, one of my good friends who's an Aries man told me this once, is that he doesn't realize what he has until it's gone a lot of the time. So I hope that was a proper analysis. And we only have a few minutes. I don't want to go over 10 minutes here on this solo. So Leo, 
Leo men are dangerous. I think if a Leo man is underdeveloped and not fully matured, he will have those lion traits, but they can be negative. So a lion is the king of the jungle. Amazing, you know, protective, strong heart. But I think there's a lot of like, I am the king mentality and a king can take many wives and a king can, you know, do basically whatever the fuck he wants because they're the king. And I think that can be like an underdeveloped and immature Leo's mentality a lot of the time. And that's dangerous. However, they are an amazing lover. You can, you know, from my experience, you can sit up talking with them all night and um, they, they love beauty and they are romantic and they can be really, really amazing. And once they are mature, I'm sure that, you know, finding a Leo is, is really amazing. Cancers. I haven't, I only dated one cancer, never official with, oh, that's not true. I dated a, a cancer in college. Such a sweet lover. So cancer is, it's funny because it's the sign of the crab. So when you first are getting to know a cancer, you think they don't care about you. And maybe they don't because they haven't opened up their shell to you yet. But then the second that the shell opens, they're like a flood of love and emotion. And I think that's why they're so protective of their heart because they know that the second they, you know, commit to you or open up to you, they are never going to stop. And they're always going to be like obsessed with you and there for you. And, and they can be moody because they're the sign of the crab. They can be clingy. Uh, cause again, they latch on and you know, they're very, very sweet lover. And they're for the most part, trustworthy from my experience. But I think they are very protective of their heart. And it's, it's like, there's two sides, this, like this wall up, um, shell up versus this just outpouring of so much love. So you either really get one or the other, depending on how mature or how much they like you. Pisces, super sweet, dreamy. Um, Pisces men have always been very, sweet with me. I think like I attract Pisces men because I have a lot of Virgo in my planets. They want to do nice things for you. A Pisces man once like took me on a really nice first date and like pulled out all the stops. They are very, again, like cancer, like the other water signs, like a sweet, tender lover, big on compliments. I think they really want everything to be this ideal romance. But for me, okay, we're definitely going over 10 minutes. For me, Pisces were always just a little too gentle and too emotionally inclined. But for someone that maybe needs that gentleness and needs that emotional part, I think that Pisces are really amazing. And I've, you know, I've seen many, many amazing Pisces guys. My friends... So my, sorry, sorry, my ex's dad was a Pisces. And I will say the one thing is they have this like harder side to them. Like not all Pisces are like weak and mushy by any means. They do have a hard side to them when it comes to business. And when it comes, you know, when they want to shut you out, like they can. So I think watch out for Pisces. You know, they're the fish. They could swim away. Scorpios, same thing as the others in terms of like being a sweet lover but, you know, they get a bad rep, Scorpio guys. I've 
I dated a Scorpio guy back in the day and he was, you know, like a player. He was someone who knew what to say and knew the things to do to get a bunch of different girls to be interested in them. And he took pride in that. And I think, you know, it was really easy to get caught under their web. But I think when a Scorpio man is mature and is really, you know, really loves you, they will show up for you and they will be hardcore for you. Um, But I think that you'll know when they're like obsessed because that is Scorpio. Like it's, it's really all or nothing between their emotions and everything else. So if they're going hard for you and they're showing it to you in a million different ways, they're into you. And if that's not happening, you, yeah, probably not. Taurus men I've dated, um, you know, very, can be very sweet, can also be very stubborn. I had, you know, the Taurus man that I dated had an alcohol problem. So I'm not saying that that's a Taurus thing. This is just my specific experience. And it was, it was tough because, you know, their personality changed a lot. But I think Taurus men in general, you know, they love to eat. They love to have like the luxuries of the world, but they can be territorial. And so can Scorpio, by the way. And they can be, you know, but they're very loyal. That's the thing. For the most part, they're very loyal unless they're really immature. If a Taurus man loves you, they love you. They don't really talk to anyone that they're not like for sure about. And they're sturdy, consistent, and um, Sagittarius man. Loves to be independent. um, Loves to work hard and really, you know, is driven, has that drive in them, but also doesn't want to be tied down, doesn't like being told what to do, can really do well with someone that gives them that freedom and understanding and makes them feel good about themselves. Because deep down, Sagittarius men are mushy and, you know, they have, they're just, you know, I don't really know because I've never dated one, but I actually did go on a few dates with one Sagittarius man who was a bit of a player. I think that, you know, similar to all these signs, underdeveloped versus developed are totally different. But I think the one I dated was too far in the extreme of not wanting to be tied down. Gemini men can be amazing uh, depending on, you know, the mood, because as we know, Gemini is the sign of the twins. I dated a Gemini and it was so amazing, so passionate in the beginning, really so incredible um, for like a few months. And then the other side of him came out and it was just too much for me. It was too much, you know, obsessiveness and the behavior was just, you know, and like Gemini men can be very flirty. They, They want everyone to like them. And so they have that quality where they might be talking to a million people. They're big communicators. And that just was made me feel uneasy. And I didn't really like that. But I know that Gemini men can be amazing. They're usually great with Libra, can be great with Aries, um, Sagittarius women, and um, Aquarius women. And so, you know, if you can handle that. And by the way, they're really funny, really uh, witty people. But they definitely have somewhat of a dark side. 
Virgo men. Uh, my high school sweetheart was a Virgo. Very over analytical. Virgo men are tough. Like I, I think almost like too even keeled for me when it came to like reactions to things like, and you know, but they show their love and acts of service and they, when they love someone, they really work to show them that. And they really, you know, love everything about them and them maybe, you know, critiquing you is their way of showing their love and, uh, Libra men super, Oh my God, I'm going so long. You guys are either hating me or hopefully enjoying this. Libra men are the charmers of the Zodiac. They always have a million suitors. They, you know, they might not necessarily be loyal because it's hard for them to turn down things. They're like kind of always looking for the next best thing. Um, But they are. The reason that so many women are okay with this and men is because they're such an amazing lover and they have so much to give and they're so funny and charming and they really can make you feel like you're the only person. And if you are the only person, then it's an amazing relationship. Capricorn men, also a bit dangerous from my experience. I think um, they can be emotionally cold um, or the opposite. And they're, you know, really interested in you. And I'm, I feel like I'm, I'm like losing it towards the end. Um, but Capricorn men, they can be controlling. They can hold things over your head, um, be judgmental, which I don't love. But the good qualities are that they are sturdy. They are driven. They usually work really hard and strive to make a lot of money. And, um, you know, they're usually consistent, but I would say Capricorn man, Aries woman, not a good match. Okay. Aquarius. Um, glad we're ending on this. This is my boyfriend. They, they really want to march to the beat of their own drum. They hate being told what to do. They want every idea to really come from them. But Aquarius are kind of black and white like Scorpio. If they're interested in you, you'll know. And if you're not, you they're just not. Like they won't even give you the time of day. They are, for the most part, fiercely loyal, um, you know, unless they're probably underdeveloped and immature. And they are super supportive. But it's really hard to get to know an Aquarius. They're not usually the extroverted type you, unless you're in their circle or their close friend, you don't really know them. Um, and they're an air sign. So they want, they're very curious. They're always trying to learn new things and share new interesting facts. Okay. I got to stop now. Hope you guys enjoyed that. Hope it wasn't too much. And I'm excited for you guys to hear the rest of the episode. All right. I just got my Majuri B ring, it came in and don't judge me, but I actually love bees. I have this weird connection with them. I was once in a car with my girlfriend and a bee flew into the car and she was like, oh my God, Lynn. Oh my God, Lynn. And I was like, it's fine. And the bee actually went under my sunglasses and gave me a kiss on the eye. I swear to God. And left, like didn't even touch us, didn't harm us at all. And I've just felt this kindred spirit with bees. I feel like Maybe my Nana is reincarnated in a bee. Anyway, enough about my obsession with bees. I love my new bee ring. It's perfect. Majuri is, I'm so lucky to have found them. And also the Zodiac necklaces. If you haven't already heard me talk about them on Instagram, you got to check them out. Majuri is crushing it. And it's like, you can buy it for yourself, which is so important. And 
if you haven't already picked this up, Majuri is handcrafted fine jewelry for every day. You don't need a reason, you know, to to do something nice for yourself. And it's it's amazing. So I want you to treat yourself right now, whatever you're doing, stop it and treat yourself by going to majuri.com slash Acme and getting free shipping on your jewelry. So M-E-J-U-R-I.com slash Acme. Check it out. You won't be disappointed. And let me know what you think. Majuri.com slash Acme now. Hey guys, welcome back to We Met at Acme. I'm so excited to be here with Atlanta Decadene Taylor, a social entrepreneur (laughs) and host of her own podcast, Over It. I'm over it. I'm over it. Yes. Even better. It's okay. Yeah, no, I get it. Yeah, I'm over it. That's right. It's very cool. So Atlanta, how old are you and where are you from? I am 27 and I am from kind of all over. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, no, I can give you the easy answer is that I grew up in LA. Very cool. um, I went to middle school in New York Mm -hmm. and um, also moved here when I was like 20 and was born in London. Where did you go to middle school? Polly Prep. Oh, yeah, of course. Of course. Was it? I hated it. I um, actually had a, like, I have a few friends that you must have known from Polly Prep. Although I probably would have blacked it out entirely because it was just such a horrible period of, I know Hannah Bronfman. Why was it so shitty? I didn't even know she went, I think she went to Polly in high school. Yes. Yeah, because she went to Spence with me before that. How old are you? Uh, well, not in my grade, but I'm 29. She was yeah. two years older. Okay. Well, I'd moved in the middle of seventh grade, mm-hmm. first of all, from LA to New York in the middle of seventh grade in right, January. So already like established their shit. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I was just like not thrilled to be in like the New York winter and like right. living on Flatbush coming from like being in a hippie house in the hills, the mm-hmm. Hollywood hills of LA. I was like, what the fuck is this? Yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> and it was, yeah, no friend, you know, it was just not a great time. And what inspired you to start I'm Over It? Honestly, it sort of just started from, like I mentor, I guess you could say, mm-hmm. roles I have for a couple years now. And um, basically, like my boyfriend, I guess now fiance, uh, had which said we to have me, to talk about. Congrats yeah, again! Thank you. Had said to me, he was like, "You spend so much time talking to girls. Like, why don't you start a podcast?" Mm. And I like didn't even listen to podcasts at that point. No, right. no, no one really in my age group was listening to podcasts. Like, right. and um simultaneously I had started talking or writing about my experiences with mental health Mm -hmm. Um, and I started getting a lot of really amazing responses online just through Instagram and I started having like conversations with people um, through DM like strangers you know and um, so kind of combined that with like you know what I was doing IRL it's sort of just basically just something I was like okay you know what fuck it I'll try it Mm -hmm. and you know similar to you just learned how to do did it learned how to use garage band and record and just like did it in my living room and 
That's actually amazing because I never learned how to use GarageBand. I was using <laughs> iMovie. Okay. Same, <laughs> same shit though, you know? Yeah, yeah, like, exactly. And yeah, because I just felt like there was a lack of real conversations. Um, I felt like there was a lot of fluff mm-hmm. and a lot of the highlights real. And right. I felt like either when it came to the podcast sphere… There was either like comedy, like mm-hmm. two dope queens, you know, um, or there was like the goop approved yeah. one or there yeah. was like the mom version of like mm-hmm. bad, like we're boss bitches yeah. and this uh-huh. where I was just like, can we just like find a normal medium yeah. here where we can like talk about these things, but it doesn't have to be so like fucking full humor or so serious or like Oprah like isn't Mm -hmm. there somewhere in between here definitely you know definitely we love to talk about astrology on the podcast just like as a fun hobby and I have to know when is your birthday March 31st you're an Aries yeah I'm an Aries amazing do you know your rising and moon yeah but I'm Scorpio rising and Pisces moon oh wow so you have a lot of water for an Aries yeah do you feel that you're more emotional than oh, most yeah. Aries? Mm-hmm. I'm. I mean, like I'm such an Aries, but mm-hmm. when I found out my rising and moon sign, I was like, this explains everything, you yeah. know? Like, because so many of my friends are Scorpios. Mm-hmm. Until my now soon to be a husband, um, I dated like so many Scorpios. He's a Gemini, so he's I close. Um, and people would always say that, you know, like I'm a little. Um, I'm super friendly and like very kind, but I'm not the kind of person that's like, you're my best friend right away. I'm a little like hesitant. And if you fuck with me, if you fuck with somebody I love, like you're dead to me and like you will never come back. Yeah. That's like the Scorpio shit, you know? Yeah, for sure. That's really great. That's so loyal. But I mean, Aries are already loyal to begin with. So I can't imagine having Scorpio in there too. Yeah. But no, it's definitely the fire and water mixes i'm an i'm a confused person i'm like ah, but no i'm sorry mm-hmm. <laughs> what are you i'm a libra so You're a libra yeah. okay but and i also what are you? have so my rising is virgo and my moon is capricorn Okay. So I'm like kind of all earth. Is that which is earth, funny because you're right. like all water. Yeah. I need more water in my chart. But <laughs> I like need more earth. There. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I've always been told by like astrologers and everything mm-hmm. like that that I need that like emotional like I just need to get in touch with my Your emotions, emotions more, you know. Yeah. Um but your mental health, what inspired you to talk about that and is there did you go through something in particular or have you always kind of struggled? Well, I have suffered with had depression since I was like severely since I was 13. Mm-hmm. Um and obviously you know there were outside issues involved <laughs> but I yeah, I've been dealing with mental health issues forever. However, when I started talking about it recently, it was because I had a complete mental breakdown, like psychotic break. And, you know, I'd always been, I'd always, I'd been diagnosed like with depression and I'd had other diagnosis, diagnoses when I was earlier, uh, when I was younger. And then um, I was, 
24 and I had like a full psychotic break where mm. I was like talking to the trees and mm. uh, driving on the freeway and blasting like Mozart because all the songs with words in it were like speaking to me and it was so overwhelming that I'd be like, this is my song. This is my song. How do they know to play my song? I was like, felt like I was on ecstasy for like mm. 48 hours, completely, oh. you know, sober and had a really, really, really intense come down and basically um, was diagnosed bipolar. Mm -hmm. And um, so when that happened, um, you know, the recovery from like a severe episode like that is really intense, um, mm -hmm. you know, because I mean, it kind of was like a snowball, you know, so for the months up until that, it was like I was talking about God and angels and like mm -hmm. all that. Like my friends to this day are like, yeah, we just thought you were kind of just like on one. Like you. Like Kanye. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> you know, just like, and God, like fully like that. And then um, I was going to be, it was either like I'm hospitalized. I was like going to go to the hospital or I could just like wait it out and go see this doctor and who was more um I was nervous about having to take medication not medication as in like SSRIs or whatnot but I was scared I was going to be like sedated and that was not a good situation for me mm -hmm. so um so anyways it was just like a year-long journey and I just remember like well, yeah, I just remembered at one point I was like looking on my Instagram and I was like so severely depressed and like I put there was like a photo that I'd taken of myself and I remember it was like one of those like a hot selfie and I was like mm -hmm. it's so crazy. I just had the thought where I was like it's so crazy because I could post this online and people would be like oh my god yeah, so totally. cute what do you do oh my god your skin looks great mm -hmm. like whatever meanwhile I was like dying inside. And so I basically ended up posting it instead with like a paragraph talking about like depression. And it was like this thing I started this like hashtag that was like, this is what my depression looked like, looks like. And a bunch of my friends did it. And I just got an overwhelming response from people. Mm -hmm. And um, it was really shocking, actually, the amount of like hundreds of DMs mm -hmm. and messages and um Definitely. What do you think is like the worst thing that someone can do if they're struggling with mental health? Like kind of like the opposite thing that would not help them. Because it seems like that just like knowing that you weren't alone seems like that helped you, you know? Yeah, it did. I mean, it's hard. It's funny. Like I'm dealing with um, someone who is really ill and... um we're in the phase of trying to diagnose it and um, seeing different doctors and trying meds and it's not working. And, and it's really hard because for me, I was lucky enough that when I got this diagnosis, it really like stuck. Mm -hmm. um, and it's hard because now I see other, I see this person struggling and it just like breaks my heart. Mm -hmm. And I think that sitting, definitely like being alone in your feelings is probably like the worst yeah. you can do. I know it feels like the easiest thing to do and it is definitely hard to talk about. And also a lot of people don't take it seriously. Um, 
But if there's like just one person that you can trust, then I think that just being honest with them and just telling someone where you're at is like so important. Yeah, you know, agreed. If you haven't already seen it on my Instagram, I'm living and breathing Sakara right now. It's a lifestyle change. I'm obsessed with the breakfast. My favorite is the granola. It's so good. And they've got this amazing milk that's like not actually milk. And it's so delicious. The muffins, the cookies, I mean, everything they have for breakfast and beyond is delicious. So I definitely understand why Goop loves it because shout out to Gwyneth Paltrow. You have amazing skin. Anyway, I want you guys to try Sakara. I want you to see what I'm experiencing. It's plant-based ingredients that make your skin better. They make your mood better. I honestly had no idea what to expect when I did my trial week. And I can't even explain to you. First of all, the detox tea is so incredible. You just make a cup of tea in between meals. And instead of snacking, you have this tea. And I can't explain to you, like I woke up, just felt so much better, so much less bloat. And my skin improved they deliver so fresh. They give you this amazing detox tea, which I'm a huge fan of. And the probiotics, which I've been taking every day, and they're really good for your stomach and digestion. And I'm offering you $60 off your first order when you go to sakara.com slash Acme. It's S-A-K-A-R-A.com slash Acme. You're getting $60 off your first order, which is huge. You know, and you're getting meals like every day. So you don't have to think about what you're putting into your body and just comes to you and you know it's good for you. So check it out, sakara.com slash Acme and enjoy. What do you think about people who like escape it with, you know, drinking or like smoking weed, which I feel like so many, so many of my girlfriends, like they just would rather not like be fully present in what they're going through. Mm -hmm. And they'll just smoke. And like, I used to be like that all the time. Like I was high 24 Uh seven because like if I had a bad date, like I didn't want to think about it. I didn't want to remember it like X, Y, and Z. Mm -hmm. And I know that you also don't drink Mm -hmm. um, like myself. So what do you think about dealing with, you know, that kind of stuff and trying to escape? Yeah. I mean, I think that life is painful. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, and, you know, I think that you can't escape at the end of the day. Like you can try and you can put brushings under the rug and brushings under the rug, but like they're going to come up in one way or another, whether that's going to turn into you some sort of sex addiction, shopping, like whatever you have a feeling it's going to come out in some way. You know, I was Mm -hmm. reading a book, um, about men and depression and how, Men who have depression take it out in certain um, things, whether it be specifically workaholism um, and like being and like having anger. And, you know, it's like I really think that the only way to process things, unfortunately, is to feel it super painful, though. You know, I mean, if I could like smoke weed and it like didn't ruin my life, then great. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like, I'm like, cool. 
you can like just smoke a joint every once in a while and like you're bummed about a bad date and like you can do that. Yeah, but it's never every once in a while for like the things that I'm thinking of and the people that I'm thinking of. Right. I mean, I think it's challenging because sometimes it's like what came first, the the chicken or the egg. It's like, you know, we can forget that like alcohol is a depressant. Mm-hmm. Right. Like you can think, oh, I'll go out and like have a couple of drinks, but that's not going to that's gonna make you feel even shittier the next right. day. And then you're still stuck with the feelings. It's just like can't really escape it, unfortunately. Yeah. I feel like it almost like prolongs the reasons that you drink a lot or smoke a lot or like take a lot of Xanax like they actually make things worse in the long run because they Mm -hmm. do come back whereas if you just like felt it like you were saying they actually go away quicker yeah I mean it's interesting because um I have a friend who only started dealing with her sexual assault that she uh you know she was assaulted when she was like in high school and mm-hmm. she's like in her 30s now like 35 mm-hmm. and she never dealt with it and like now it's coming up and she has like all of this like PTSD shit that's happening yeah. because she just was like getting high mm. and you know drinking and whatever self-medicating that she literally never processed it and now she's like a 36 year old woman being like tra- re-traumatized by like what it was like when she was 16 like yeah it doesn't go away. It just comes out in one form or another. Yeah, exactly. You know? Mm-hmm. So let's talk a little bit about your relationship. Relationship. So exciting. I know it is. I can't believe you're engaged. Me neither, I'm sure. I, so I obviously <laughs> want to know that all the beats. How long have you guys been together? How did you meet? Yes. Um, so we've been together for two years. Mm-hmm. And... Um, we, I always knew who he was because he's a musician. Mm-hmm. And, um, oh, my ears. I always knew who he was because he's a musician. And we always were like in the same sort of scene. But, mm-hmm. like, he is, um, I ended up seeing him at a party a few, he's, first of all, he's followed me for like 10 years on Instagram. I just want to put that mm-hmm. out there. Like, Did you follow back? No, because it was, it was his band and like, I come from musicians and I was just like, oh, I'm not another musician. Like, yeah. I can't. Yeah. <laughs> And then um, I saw him at a party and we like had a little moment and then whatever. And then about a month later is like mental health awareness day or something. And I posted a big post and he actually DM'd me saying something like super smart, like in response. Mm. And I was like, oh, and it was from his personal Instagram. And I was like, Oh, first one, like you're saying something really smart and intelligent and you're not like sending me an eggplant emoji or like flames or like you should have whatever you want, mama, or, you know, some like shitty ass, like fucking uh, whatever tagline. What's it called again? Pickup line. line. Mm -hmm. And, um... And then it was like his private page. And I was like, oh, he's really cute. He's like a real person. There's like art and travel mm-hmm. and music. And like, and we started talking and I gave him my phone number. And yeah, the rest is history. <laughs> is he your age? Is he 27 as well? No, he's 41. Oh, okay. Amazing. Yes. Yeah. So how do you feel about man. the age difference? Do you care? <clears throat> do people in your family? Well, he's older than my stepdad. Okay. Which is really funny. But my family is totally like my stepdad's nine years older than me. Mm-hmm. You know, um, 
Well, first of all, he looks like he's 30. So when he told me how old he was, I was like, what? But the the thing is that like, well, I find all, most men are children, no matter how oh, old you are. 100%. So it's like, unless you're forced by somebody, I think, to look at yourself, then dudes just are, they don't grow up. They're fucking kids. And so it's funny because it's like emotionally, I am like way older than him, mm -hmm. way more mature emotionally. It's like he didn't know how to talk about his feelings before he met me. Like, mm -hmm. and he'll say that he's like, when it comes to like emotional stuff, you are 50 times more in touch than I am. Mm -hmm. But he has, but on the other side, it's like, he was actually a French professor. He was about to get his PhD at um, Columbia and stopped teaching um, not that long ago, maybe eight years ago when his mm -hmm. band was like blowing up and he was still trying to be a professor. And he, you know, I didn't even graduate high school. Like I don't have a diploma and he like almost got a PhD, right? So we're right. polar opposites in that. But he has so much knowledge about art and architecture and design and all mm -hmm. of these things that I never had. Yeah. So it's a really amazing exchange because I get to learn so much about these things like and um, I get to share with him like my emotional and understanding and um, you know so it's it doesn't and he acts like a child most of the time so it yeah. doesn't really feel like there's any difference and at the beginning there was a little bit um just even like the funny thing is like pop culture references right you know like basic yeah. shit like, like that remember that yeah and mm -hmm. i'm like you know like the music that he grew up on right, or whatever right. um yeah it doesn't really matter i remember my therapist telling me that it was like you know we can ha we have these ideas where it's like we have to have all these common interests in order to like be in a successful relationship right. and they're like it's actually about being willing to share and learn with each other yeah it's so true you know because mm -hmm. it's like we actually didn't have that many common interests but i was interested in what he was interested in and vice versa so i learned yeah you know? i agree i feel like i see so many people just marrying like someone who came from the same exact place yeah. as them and like was raised the same way mm -hmm. is the same religion is this that and like yeah. they think everything other than that is not okay but it's actually so much better I mean my partner and I come from completely different yeah. culture backgrounds same we yeah. are but it's funny because we realized pretty early on that I always used to say that we're from the same side of different tracks Mm. as in like we have experienced all of the same feelings just in other ways like yeah. he dealt with racism I dealt with my own level of feeling you know uh less different than or whatever like we've had all of the same feelings just in completely different ways mm -hmm. you know and you know, like he grew up in a super small town in Montreal right you know like but yeah, I guess it's just like being open-minded, right? And interested yeah. in the other person. And how long have you guys been together now? Two years. And so when you met him, you were not drinking. No. And yeah. how was like the whole dating when you weren't drinking? I mean, at that point, I'd had enough time not drinking to be fine on a mm -hmm. date, you know? Um, 
But did you outright, would you say it like before the date? I don't know if you were ever on dating apps and things oh, like that. Oh, I had a very short stint on the dating apps. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't end very well for yeah. me. I was just like, why do I have to I have to text with this person before I even know them? Like, I don't really give a shit how your day at work was. Like, right. I don't care. Yeah. It didn't work out well for me. Um, but no, I, I don't think... I pretty much would just go to dinner and just be like, no, I don't drink, you know. Mm-hmm. And then like later on, yeah, I, not that much later on, but I just sort of say, yeah, I don't drink. Yeah. And no, did anyone like that you dated maybe before before him have like an issue with it or be like, oh, that's lame. Yeah, of course. I mean, he was amazing and he still doesn't really drink around me. I sometimes mm-hmm. peer pressure him into drinking, obviously. I'm like, you have to. We're in Italy, dude. Like, or we're yeah. in Jamaica. Have a fucking, like, beer. And he's like, I don't want to. Like, I had some fantasy that if he, like, if I got him drunk, he'd be, like, super sexy and, like, confess his love to me. And he's like, you don't understand. If I have a drink, like, I'm gonna go to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> um... But yeah, of course. And I mean, like, I had my fair share of, like, dating potheads when I was sober mm. or not drinking. And, uh, no, I did all of that. I've been at dinner with guys who were, like, pounding drinks. And it was just for me, I'd just be like, all right, that's not work. That doesn't work for me. Yeah. You know, it was just a series of, like, I don't, I think that's great if, like, you're fine to, if you don't drink and you're fine to be with someone who drinks good for you doesn't work for me i find it a huge turn off right like if i can smell booze on you then like go away yeah that's just personal how do you feel about the other way around people who are like i won't date someone who doesn't drink i actually had someone we do these poll questions on Uh our instagram someone submitted a poll yesterday and they were like red flag or deal breaker they don't drink and i was like neither by like yeah i I think that that person has some shit they have to look at. Right. Like, or maybe, I mean, like, people are fucking weird. I'm realizing it's like people have their own. Maybe like drinking is some people's only thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like how people have hobbies and interests and passions. Yeah. Like some people don't have a lot maybe going on and like they like to go to wineries. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, like, again, sounds great. Like, I like... (laughs) But it just doesn't work for me. Yeah. You know, it's like yeah. a fucking hurricane disaster. Totally. To happen, but, totally. Yeah. So first of all, congrats again. Thank you. How did he propose? Did you know this was happening? Did you have any say in the ring? Well, um, it's really cute. Basically, like, because when we, within about two months of meeting, I was like, once I surrendered to the idea, like, I was like, I don't want to be in a serious relationship. I don't want to be dating. Blah, 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 blah. I didn't really believe in, like, real marriage and, like, real engagement in rings. Like, I mm. never believed in that. I didn't even want to have kids. Like, right. I was not into it. And then I met him. And, like, after, like, fighting it and fighting it, finally, and, like, around six, seven, eight weeks or something. By the way, like, we didn't have sex for almost two months. And I was very... I love that. Yeah. I was like... Because I just didn't want to have... And again, personal preference. Like, I think that if you want to fuck somebody the night that you meet them, that's great. Like, right. do, it, do what you want. 
for me, I just knew that like I got weird when I started having sex with people, mm. whether I would get like obsessed or completely repulsed. Like I just wanted to be able to make like a sane level headed decision. And I, for me, when I start fucking somebody, it just goes out the window. I love that way of thinking about it instead yeah. of like, you shouldn't do this because a lot of the time I say like, you shouldn't do that because it's like, it, it doesn't give them anything to hold on to because right. like they got everything. But yeah, when you make it about you and you yeah. wanting to be level-headed, like that makes it sound even better. I might steal that from you. But <laughs> yeah, you should continue. know it. It's true though. It's like just knew, knowing myself and mm-hmm. knowing, no, I get weird. Like I remember even he like kissed me and I was like, this is actually too soon. This is going to like, I'm going to get weird. And like I was spiraling for like 24 yeah. hours after. Like I'm crazy when it comes to that stuff. So basically, yeah, we had looked at a ring. We'd only been together like a couple months. And I remember there was like a vintage jewelry shop that I wanted to go look at. And um, there was this beautiful like antique ring. And um, I fell in love with it. I was like, this would be the shape that I want, which was, you know, this. And basically when he went and got the ring, he went and got that same exact setting from that exact same ring, which is like from the like 19th century and just got a different stone put on. So he went back to that jeweler a year and a half later, got that same exact setting and just found a bigger stone. But yeah, the one thing I knew once I started looking, because it was like Pandora's box, mm-hmm. once it was like, you should go look at rings. It like opened this whole like thing inside me that I didn't even know was there where I was like a total, you know, oh my God, I want to go look at rings and I'm ready to get married and like I want to have yeah. your babies. Yeah. And the only thing I knew was that I wanted it to be a pair. Mm-hmm. And he really outdid himself. So how did he do it um he basically i came he'd like lied to me and said he was out at dinner with friends and i came home i'd been at dinner and i came home and um my dog my so my dog is like obsessed with me and like <laughs> <laughs> will wait by the door for like an hour before like hours when i'm gone like and um so i came home and there was you know, like he'd put like candles out and like the lights were dimmed and like all the doors were shut. And I walked in and I was like, what the fuck is happening? Like, and I looked down and my dog is jumping on or our dog is jumping on me. And I realized that he has like a velvet pouch attached to his collar. <laughs> and I was like, what is happening? And Dave pops up and basically like, you know, he was like on his knee trying to like get the pouch off of Acorn's collar and Acorn's like freaking out. Uh And like, basically, you know, he took the ring was in the pouch. And Mm -hmm. um, yeah, that's so sweet. It was really cute. And it was nice. It was like at home and like a cozy environment. Mm -hmm. And we love our home and it just felt super nice and safe and cozy. That's perfect. So we do this thing, as I mentioned before, on our Instagram mm-hmm. where we do these poll questions. Okay. So I'm going to ask you a few of these polls. Okay. And let's hear your opinion on them. Okay. So 
you've been dating for six months or like more than six months, but I guess this could apply to dating for any amount of time. Okay. Is it okay to have location sharing? Lo- like what? share your location, oh, you know? God. Or is it an invasion of privacy? I mean, I think if you're asking this question, I think when it comes to boundaries, I think it's all personal. Mm-hmm. I think that you respect the other person's wishes and you, but you also speak up for yourself and like stay true to what you need. And like, yeah. I do believe that like for us, I've never looked through his phone. I mm-hmm. don't ever do that shit. Like I completely trust him and mm-hmm. I don't want to know. So, mm-hmm. and it's not that I just don't need to know that it's, I think maybe want, ask yourself like why you want that on. Right. Agreed. I think it's, it's just too much. It also like takes away like the funness. Like I don't need to know you like ran into a gas station to like take a shit. Well, yeah. And just like, well, I'll get that via text. Like, right. I don't exactly. to, like I'm like, I, exactly. yeah, I, I wouldn't, I don't fuck with it. That's too much for me. So living in the same city as your partner, been dating a year plus, how many times a week do you got, are you guys having sex three or less or four plus? Four plus. Amazing. Amazing. I, yeah. Like, so do you think just going off that mm-hmm. point that sex is like one of the most important things about a relationship? Yes, I do. But I don't think it's the most important thing. But I do think that it doesn't have to be. I think sex is definitely one of the most important things, but I don't think that means sex and the frequency of it happening. I've learned a lot that the longer you're with someone, the more like life stuff is going to come up. Mm -hmm. And like, I think in the beginning or not even in the beginning, we didn't really have this, but you know, as time went on, obviously like life stuff would come up and we'd be challenged like separately. And for me, I know there've been periods of time where like, I don't feel like fucking. Yeah. And you know, we could get like, is this weird? Are we fucked? Because like, we're not fucking or, you know, Mm -hmm. like what's happening. And I think it's about like, again, like being honest with yourself and your partner and like talking about it and seeing like, is there something going on or are you both tired? And like, that's okay, you know, too. But I also do believe that like, I don't know, I I try and like, I don't think there's like ever been like a week that we haven't Mm -hmm. been having sex. That's amazing. Yeah. For you guys. (laughs) Do you believe someone is just a cheater, quote unquote, until they meet the right person, like if that's possible. Well, it's funny because like my guy, I don't think was particularly faithful in most of his relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, but he tells me that like my rigorous honesty, if you will, challenge him to be that way as well. Mm-hmm. I like that. You know? Mm-hmm. You go on a date and they ask you to your face if your partners are well off. Oh my God. Red flag or deal breaker? Red flag. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's disgusting. Yeah, that's really bizarre. Would you date someone who doesn't work out? Yeah. So would the majority? Yeah. Would it be a turnoff to you if your partner slept later than you? I mean, I hope not because like I constantly sleep later than Dave. Yeah. I think you have to factor in what time you're going to sleep. Right. By the way, because it's like so I have true. severe insomnia. Mm-hmm. So he'll pass out and I'm up for another hour. Yeah, so yeah, like yeah. I got to make I'm that hour up. up somewhere. 
I'm always up. <laughs> these full, these are funny. <laughs> <laughs> what would you rather someone do if they're not interested in you but don't want to say it up front? Slow fade you out or ghost you? <laughs> Wait, what's the difference? Slow fade is like just talking to you less but still talking to you and ghost you is like not respond at all whatsoever. Ever again. Oh my God, probably ghost. But I'd rather yeah. someone just straight up say. Yeah, of course. Of but course. I'd probably rather a ghost. There's nothing worse. Oh my God, the slow fade. It's terrible. That's awful. It's terrible. It also sets them up for like coming back and ruining your life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You've been newly seeing someone for about a month and a half and just put a label on it. You spent the night with each other and parted ways around noon. This is like during the weekend. But you don't hear from them all day. Is that normal? Like until 10 p.m.? Uh, again, it's like, I think we need to throw out these ideas of like normal. It's like, yeah, if you don't feel good about it, then mm-hmm. you don't feel good about it. Right. You shouldn't have to, con- you shouldn't have to behave like this concept of like the chill girl who's like exist. not going to like, well, it's yeah. not even that, but it's like, who fucking cares? Like speak. If you don't like that, tell the person. Yeah. And if they can't step up to the plate and give you what they want, then fuck it. Yeah. Agreed. That's how I feel. Agreed. Okay. Can you say I love you at four months and mean it? Or is that too soon? When did you guys say I love you? I mean, that was probably before we'd had sex. So pretty soon on. Uh huh. But I think I've been like infatuated with people before. But love, I mean, why not? Yeah. Agreed. All right. Perfect. (laughs) So we're going to end with um, a quote or piece of advice that you really like Mm -hmm. or that has helped you in your life thus far. It could be relationship wise or like any. Anything. Okay. Um, Okay. It's um, by Miss Marion Williamson. And it says, our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? Your playing small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure about you. We are all meant to shine as children do. It's not just in some of us, it's in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. I love that. Yeah. So like lean into yourself. Yeah. And other people will follow and it'll be a good, mm-hmm. a good energy to give out, I guess. Yeah. Thank you so much, Atlanta. Please let everyone know where they can listen to your podcast, follow you, yes. find you. So you can follow me at Atlanta Bean. Um, also... Our podcast is at I'm Over It Podcast. Um, And my podcast, I'm Over It, is available on iTunes and Spotify. So go and check it out. That's a lovely guest. And hopefully you'll be online soon, too. Cool. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. Write us a review if you like the episode. And uh, we'd love to hear your thoughts. Have a good one.